Let me read to you today from God's word from Isaiah 55. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are my ways your ways. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Well, good morning. If we've not met yet, my name is Ken, and whether you're watching today online or if you're here with us in person, welcome. I am so joyful that you are here today at Crosswinds with us. You know, um, we're ending our series today uh, called Moving Forward in Faith and Faithfulness. But friends, we're not stopping moving forward in faith and faithfulness. I, I'm so proud of you, my brothers and sisters. I, I challenged us a few weeks ago to start praying for our neighbors using this free app called Bless Every Home. And, and 23 of us have, have signed up and committed to pray. And, and so far, we've prayed a total of 923 prayers, actually a few more this morning, for our neighbors. That's exciting. Good job, everybody. That, that is moving forward in faith and faithfulness. Now, if you have committed to, um, or not yet committed to uh, loving your neighbors this way, join us. You know, be faithful. And, and you know, by the end of the year, we, we could pray over 10,000 prayers for our neighbors. That's the track that we're on right now it, it, with the 23 of us that are, 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 are praying. And, and we can do better because, uh, you know, of those 23 people, there's only a handful that are, are committed to doing that every day of the week. You know, out of 20 people, maybe there's, there's, there's five that are, are, are really being dedicated to this. You know, what would happen if we each of our 20 people prayed for five people a day for, you know, five or 10 minutes for all of them. And we did that every week. That, that would be 500 people a week that we would pray for. You know, we're on week seven of, of 52. So in 45 weeks, by the end of the year, we, we as a, a little church could have prayed 22,000 prayers. Isn't that amazing? 22,000 prayers. What, what kind of fruit can God bring if we will just be faithful to do what he has called us to do? Love our neighbors. You know, throughout this series, we've been looking at Crosswind's mission statement. Say it with me today. Helping every family discover God, his love, and his ways. And it, it's based on two thoughts from God's word. The great commandment, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And it's also based on the great commission uh, that Jesus gave to his disciples, both then and to us. It says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Um, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, 
I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, I, I get all revved up thinking about how God will show us his harvest of joy as we start to pray our 22,000 prayers through the rest of this year. You know, if you're new here to Crosswinds, this is uh, not a, just a place you come to church. This is a place where you will learn to be the church. You know, I, I, I've been taking a word from our mission statement each week and, and, and letting that word in, inspire the message. And today it's a couple words. Uh, it's his ways. And, and, and why do we choose this word ways? Because if you look through the Bible, there's lots of talk about the blessing of us following God's way. Like in, in Psalm 128, 1, it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. Blessed means happy. And, and we want to help people discover God, his love, and his ways so that they can be happy and successful in life because we love them. Not just now, but, but for all eternity. Now, I'm a big guy, and I may step on some toes today, but it's because I love you. The Bible says all ways of man are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirit. You know, all of us can be deceived to think our ways are right. And as a pastor, I've learned that most people lead their lives relying on one of four things. Their emotions, their intellect, the signs that they think for God are from God that are either positive or negative circumstances that they experience. And the fourth way they lead their lives is God's word. Number four is his way for us to be successful in life and eternity. The first three are often our own ways, our own ideas that are leading us. And this is nothing new. 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 20, or chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified as stumbling block to Jews and, and folly to Gentiles, but those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Both groups were very religious people, relying on two different things. One, their intellect, and the other, signs from God. But the Apostle Paul said, there's something higher. The wisdom of God in his gospel. But, but the religious-minded stumbled on it in their pride. Do you know that early Christians were actually called atheists by the Roman government? Because they did not follow a religion. Instead, they followed what they called the way. They said they were followers of the way. Jesus said this in John 14, 1, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You know, religion is a way that man tries to connect 
with God. But God's word says the way is a person named Jesus Christ. In today's message, I will use uh, Isaiah 55 as, and especially uh, verses 8 through 9, as, as my main text or uh, the, the central idea of the whole passage. Again, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than theirs, so are my ways higher than your ways, and, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's way is higher than our ways as of emotion and intellect and signs. You know, he created us in his image. But often our own religious ideas try to recreate God in our image, which is complete folly. Look what it says. His ways are higher. And, and not just a little higher. Isaiah says, as the heavens are higher than the earth. Now, when Isaiah wrote this, he, he could only see and understand the heavens to be the atmosphere a few miles up, what we, we see with our, our naked eye. But, you know, that's still a few, a, a lot higher, quite a bit higher than mine or yours five or six foot of understanding, right? That's, that's a lot higher. A lot higher than the thoughts of men and women. But consider that he wrote this under the power of the Holy Spirit. And maybe what he is really talking about, that the heavens are, are being the observable universe that we know today. 46 billion light years above the earth. That's at least what our five or six foot of thoughts know exists today. If you think about it, it makes our understanding pretty darn small, doesn't it? In comparison to God's. Infinitely less than an ant. It's, yeah, it's amazing how confident we all are in our assumptions about God and about his design for our lives. Today, most read something written 10 seconds ago on the internet and they believe it. And they dismiss the infinite wisdom of God. Beloved, these verses are a gentle rebuke for all of our arrogance as people. When I say gentle, it is softened by what God said right before this. This is not a means to condemn, but a, a means to get us to think so that we might fear his awesomeness and, and become wise about his love. What he says in verse 57, it says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Beloved, we all need to forsake our wicked ways and our unrighteous thoughts and come back to what is best. To, to return to the Lord. And the Bible says there is a, a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death, Proverbs 14, 12. 
You know, God is calling us all to repent of our ways and, and follow his ways. If you lead your life by your feelings, you have a wicked leader that has unrighteous thoughts. The heart is deceitful above all things. If you lead yourself by your own intellect, you have a wicked leader with unrighteous thoughts. If you lead your life by signs like seeing Jesus in your tortilla chips and, and you believe that you're somehow lucky because of your circumstances, you have a wicked leader with unrighteous thoughts. Friends, his ways are higher. His, his gospel is higher. Look what he says. Return to me. He, he doesn't say return to religion, but to return to him personally. Isn't, isn't that also what Jesus claimed? A man who claimed to be God? And, and if we do that, the Father promises to have compassion because compassion is his way. Even to the unrighteous and even to the wicked. Now, is that as high as most women's thoughts go? Or are they on average substantially lower, thinking things like revenge and retaliation and, and swift punishment for those that they think are wicked? And you know, throughout time, that changes. Today, those of us who are followers of the way are the ones society sees as intolerant and wicked. Many in our world seem to have the lowest thought of vengeance while they're saying they're so tolerant, canceling people, mocking people. But God's thought is a promise of an abundant pardon. Beloved, the gospel of Jesus is, is not something man would have thought of. It, it's not our way to be merciful. Just look around. His way is higher, abundantly more mercy than we, we can imagine for others. You know, we can imagine some mercy for, for those we like. But God's way of mercy in the scripture says it's for all. That, that's the way we need to help every family of the world discover his ways change our world look at god's thought in isaiah 55 1 come everyone who thirsts come to the waters and and he who has no money come and buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without price his thought is of a higher mercy for everyone not just everyone in my tribe he says come to the waters with no money his way is to show love to all those who are undeserving and, and have nothing to pay God back for, for all of their wickedness. Is that the thought we have? You know, most of us want a pound of flesh if somebody's been wicked to us. Our thought is to have them pay us back for the wrong that they have done to us. God's way is to freely give his mercy the reason this text says buy things is because we buy things that we value or need. And, and we must value or treasure or need his grace for us to receive it. We have to buy it. 
Well, his grace is free. His, his grace came at a great cost. God purchased our grace with the price of his very own son. His way is to pay our debts for us. Our way is to make others pay for their sins against us. His way is to have extravagant, lavish grace, abundant grace for our sin. He says, come buy wine and milk. Wine in the Bible often represents joy. Milk represents nourishment and, and, and satisfaction. God's way is to give those things freely to those that come to him freely to get what they need. Our thoughts of religion are, are much lower. Often they try to sell us to claim that we will have joy and satisfaction if we'll just support their ministry. His way is to give it freely. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And in this, Jesus is talking about the spirit that would take residence in his people, guiding them by a spirit, giving them joy, taking away their fear. And, 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 and if they would follow him, they would find satisfaction as he leads them in God's word. In, in his thoughts and in his ways. You know, God asks the questions of us all. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Man's thoughts, his way is of consuming we, we give a lot of thought to acquiring things that just do not last. Why? To impress people that do not last. Often with money that does not last, but is consumed by our unsatisfied desires. It just never ends. Our religious pursuits can be laboring for something that does not last. How many church buildings do we see that are falling down or, or they're sitting empty how many of our religious leaders have fallen our thought is to put our faith into the wrong thing sometimes we put our faith into our businesses and and you know i was thinking the other day that there are nationally known businesses that i thought would always be there like sears the world's largest store and and blockbusters and and kodak that are just now gone if you your thought was to give your life to those companies that would not have satisfied. And if your own company could soon be gone, I don't care how big it is. That won't satisfy you. How much of, we, of what we consume really satisfies us? You know, now we use TikTok because we just need to get as much information as we can. And, and it's, it's unsatisfying. Hours go away. Uh, uh, you know, that's why we have so much junk in our home as Americans. You know, because we're not satisfied. We just keep buying more on Amazon. My father was a man who had everything. No, that's not accurate. That's not true. He had 12 of everything. Some of you know that's true. <laughs> you helped me clean up. He said, Ken, someday all this will be yours. That was not satisfying. 
That was terrifying. Ever wonder why celebrities and billionaires keep doing new projects, creating new businesses and new ventures? Because success and money, apart from God, do not satisfy. Sometimes people even end their lives when they realize that all of that does not satisfy. And as Mick Jagger says, I can't get no satisfaction, though I try and I try and I try. His word and ways and thoughts satisfy the thoughts of man do not satisfy he says listen diligently to me eat what is good delight yourself in rich food beloved you don't find satisfaction in the created you will find satisfaction in the creator he says listen to me a relationship with him is the way to be satisfied. God's way, his thoughts, and his word are all, all the same. You want stuff? He created everything, ex nihilo, out of nothing by his thoughts, his word. His word has power. It, it can stop the seas. It, it can alter time. It can bring the dead back to life. And we dare to ignore his word. We take our six foot and 80 years of experience and perspective and value that and listen to that more than him. More than his 46 billion light years higher thoughts and his eternal thoughts. His word is higher than our ways. It's higher than our thoughts. But we often arrogantly ignore it. Instead, we lead our lives by how we feel or how the ladies on The View feel that day or how your favorite celebrity feels because they're so artistic and compassionate, but they know nothing. But we believe them and we buy them. We let them tell us who we should sleep with. And how we should show love to our spouse and how we should raise our kids. As a culture, we say his thoughts about sex being a blessing only for a man and women, uh, a man and wife in a marriage, is, is, is something old fashioned and, and dated. We say we can identify ourselves the way we want to identify ourselves even as a furry animal. And we arrogantly ignore this. His word said that we were created, male and female, in the image of God. That's higher. If your identity is in sex, if that's your thought, you're thinking low. God's thinking high of you. You are made in his image. Have I offended your thoughts yet? Well, if I have, good. Your arrogance should be offended that you're thinking your ways are higher and your thoughts are higher than his, that you might humble yourself and repent. I, I know there are many educated people that will strongly disagree with what I'm saying. And, and that's fine. 
Because what are my thoughts? They're about three foot tall. I only have a, a 12th grade public school education. Let me think about it. My, my, my thoughts are probably a foot and a half. You may have a GPA, 4.0, and a PhD, and, 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 and you think you stand about 12 feet tall intellectually. But what is that compared to 46 billion light years tall? So you spent 20 years at university. What is that compared to eternal existence and the job experience of designing everything? Our arrogance is, is amazing. I, I know some intellectuals in theology, who some of them who are pastors, some of them who are pastors in this town who believe they can rewrite God's thoughts with their thoughts about God's eternal atoning grace. That we are all so sinful in our arrogance that God had to send his very own son to die for our sins. His thought was to offer us mercy by allowing the punishments of our sins to be placed on him instead of us. See, man's intellect would not come up with this thought. No study professor comes up with that thought. Because we'd have to first think of ourselves as depraved sinners whose only hope is divine grace. Yet many theologians today, arrogantly with their 12 foot of thinking, deem that sin is an old-fashioned and dated concept. It's antiquated. So the thought of God's atoning mercy through Jesus is not needed today. Their thought is it's better to offend God than offend our 12 foot feet of thinking and thoughts and admit that we are sinners who need a Savior. You know, you don't have to be a PhD to have a high estimation of your thinking. You know, many today who call themselves Christians have decided with their thoughts that are so high, so much higher than his thoughts, they've, they've decided there's no hell. They don't like the concept of it. But friends, God's way is also justice. And maybe his eternal 46 billion light years of thoughts has a better understanding of divine justice and should be considered. His way is punishment for those who will not return to him, that, that he may have compassion on them and abundantly pardon them. Is your six-foot thought that you are the judge and that, that, that trumps his 40 billion light years of higher thought? Is it possible his thought of us ignoring him and rejecting him and rejecting the mercy of his son is actually the most heinous crime in the universe worthy of hell? And then our thoughts are like, well, I'm not that bad. I've not killed anybody. I don't sleep around. I, I go to church and I'm kind to the people I like. Really? Really? Is that your thought of what justifies you in his eyes? What if a murder 
walked into the courtroom on his trial and said to the judge, you know, those I murdered, I was justified in doing that. And your sentence is too extreme. I, I believe I only deserve one year for my crime instead of life. Your penalty is way too severe. My guess is that judge of 12 feet of understanding and maybe 30 years of experience would try to lock you up for life. Throw away the key. God's way is that he is the judge of the universe. And his way is just. And he can punish the wicked and the unrighteousness that, that will not return to him for pardon because they trust in their own ways and they trust in their own thoughts that they've had for about a minute. I remember a young girl once telling me, I don't believe in hell. A loving God would not put somebody there. And I said to her, I choose not to believe in armadillos. They're ugly and they make me uncomfortable. So does, does that mean they don't exist? Because it makes me feel uncomfortable. She said, you're being ridiculous. They're, they're real creatures. They're down in Arkansas. And I said, well, it's no more ridiculous than you believing hell doesn't exist because it makes you uncomfortable. The thought of hell is actually uncomfortable to me. But God's word says there is a hell. And his thoughts are higher than my one and a half foot thoughts. You may think, Ken, hell is just an Old Testament antiquated idea of a punishing God. Jesus talked about his father as a God of love. And yes, he did. But Jesus also talked more about hell than any other person in the Bible, including the Father God. His Father's way of divine justice was definitely something he believed in. And that's why he and the Father planned for him to come in their compassion for him to die on a cross so that we could be abundantly pardoned. Beloved, without divine punishment, there is no need for divine grace. Our thoughts as people, our ways, is to believe in punishment. Let somebody cut you off in traffic or, or let somebody hurt someone you love. And I, and I bet you will want punishment for the guilty. Thankfully, God's way of forgiveness is higher. God's thought of mercy for the guilty is higher. Our way is to hold on to offense. It's man's way to seek repayment for the debt of sin from sinners. It is God's way to forget the offense, to put them behind his back, to put them at the bottom of the sea and to remember them no more. If beloved, we will just return to him. His thought is to give us an abundant pardon. He says, Verse 3, incline your ear, come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Incline your ear. His way for us is to listen and to obey his thoughts and live. If you only listen to your own thoughts, you will die eternally. Here he mercifully says, hear him that your soul may live. Beloved, that's the height of compassion. Beyond our understanding, 
because we all deserve his just punishment. You know, Isaiah is using strong words here like incline your ear or, or lean in to his word. He says, listen diligently to me in the previous verse. And, and that means not just to listen, but to hear and obey. We must learn to take his thoughts seriously, to be diligent about them and obey them and live God's way. is to keep us safe, to, to recreate us with his word by faith in what he says. The Bible says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. Well, what is the word of Christ? His gospel. We must hear and obey that. He wants us to Come to him for this abundant, pardoning grace. God says, come to me here and believe in my goodness and you will live. Your thoughts are only of a temporary value. His thoughts are of an everlasting covenant or promise. His way is that his thoughts do not change. You know, people are fickle. Their, their, their thoughts change. They, they love you one moment and they hate you the next. But his way of love is higher. His love is everlasting and it's, it's sure. You, you, you don't have to wonder whether he loves you. You just need to believe the internal truth of his love for you. You know, he mentions David. His word says... Uh, that David was a man after God's own heart. And, and David was far from a perfect man. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He was a, a cheater of people. And, and, and sometimes he was just an absolutely terrible father who, who, who let his own kids be abused. The difference was he did not put his trust in his thoughts, the ones that got him into sin, he did not trust in his ability to be holy and pure because, and judge himself. Because, you know, he was the king of the land and he could just judge himself as not guilty. Instead, he, he, he trusted in God's thoughts about his guilt and, and in God's thought about his love for him and his way of mercies. In Psalm 51, 1 through 2, he says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. David didn't even trust in his love for God to save him. He trusted in God's love for him because God promises abundant mercy to sinners. Friends, we all think about what we lack. Maybe if I'm good enough, God will forgive me. If I can just do enough good, God will be merciful to me. Your, your salvation is not about your thoughts on goodness. It's, it's about his way of goodness to you that is 40 billion light years taller than yours. You know, the best of men and women love him back a thimbleful. His love for us in comparison 
would fill the ocean. And from David's family line, from a sinner, would come a redeemer, God's son, whose blood is an ocean of grace to wash away all of our sin that has devalued us. His death redeems us for God, making us of infinite worth. Isaiah 54 or 55, 4 says, Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, a nation that did not know you, and you shall run because of the Lord. A nation that you, sh- you do not know shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. You know, this text first speaks of Jesus. And then I, I believe it, 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 it's talking about us through God's way of redemption. We may think if, if God could only forgive me, if, if, if that's all he could do is just forgive me. But God's thoughts are so much higher. He, he seeks to give you a purpose, to, to make you a witness and a, a partner of his grace and mercy. He calls you to be a leader. The Bible says we will ultimately rule the universe with Jesus. He, he, he makes us sons and daughters. And, and, and like his son, a, a missionary of his grace. We will go to those we do not know and bring his redemption. And he will draw a people we don't know that need mercy to run to us to hear it. Our, our own thoughts to be leaders and influence our people are often self-glorification. But God's way is to glorify us. And, and you may not feel qualified to serve him, but that's your own low thought. His way is higher. He has called you all for his glory. He has made you a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and he qualifies the called. We must repent of our thoughts and and our ways and and seek the abundant pardon for our arrogant thoughts of our own unworthiness. He is the one that makes us worthy. You know, you may feel today you're unworthy to be saved or, or to be used because of your past sins. Friends, that is the height of arrogance, not believing that his thoughts are higher Look what he said. Come everyone who thirsts to the waters. There's no pre-qualification. He who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. And you say, I I can't forgive myself. Well, you're playing God. You're making your own thoughts higher than his thoughts. He promises to pardon you. Return to the Lord that he may have compassion on you. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon you. Surrender to his ways now and live. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Now is the time to listen to his voice. Now is the time to turn to him, to repent, no matter what condition you're in right now. He is near to the brokenhearted. 
He is wanting to be found. He is making his presence known to you right now by his grace. Will you listen to his thoughts? Will you incline your ear? Listen to him instead of your feelings or your intellect or your positive negative experiences that you think are signs. Listen to him and live forever. Now is the time that he may be found. His way is there for all. But there is a limited time. There's a limited time to receive his grace. Don't believe that you have more time. That's your thoughts. He is higher, and his thoughts may go another way. If you keep procrastinating, saying, someday I'll get serious after I have a little time to sow my wild oats and, and, and do my own thing, you risk eternally dying because of your thoughts. His thought is to return now while his abundant pardon can be found. He is patient and his love endures forever. But the opportunity to receive it does not turn now, beloved, and live. Trust in his thoughts and his ways. He says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heavens and do not return, but water the earth, making it bring forth sprout, giving seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. And it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. His word is meant to give you that abundant pardon. It accomplishes what it purses. Just take it and receive it. His word and his ways are sure things. Because his way is to have purpose in everything that he thinks and he says. He doesn't say things by accident. Just like the rain, his word has a, a sure purpose. He sends it to bring blessing. He sends it to bring new life and, and create more seed and, and to plant more life and to give bread, the bread of life, to those who are hungry and those who thirst for righteousness. And, and as, as we drink him in and we drink in his word and his ways, we are to pour out rivers of living water. His compassion, his great compassion is for us to share his word and gospel. Believing by faith, it will not return empty. You know, sometimes our efforts as, as people and as a church can feel like empty pursuits. There are many today that just do not seem to respond to the gospel, his pardon, and, and repent. But friends, his eternal word will not return empty. It will either bring about his justice or his mercy. That's up to the person. When you are faithful to Share his word. It's, it's always successful. You have obeyed. You have listened to him. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And he has told us to do it. He told us the fields are ripe for harvest. Will you not go out there and sow his word and bring in the harvest so that he may be glorified, the one who abundantly pardons us? And he told us the workers are few. And the reason for that is so many of us are listening more to our own thoughts and saying, I don't have to be a worker. That's Pastor Ken's job. That's Rena and Andre's job. No, that's not what God says. That's your six-foot thought. God's ways are higher. He called you to be his witness in the world. 
His word will bring fruit from those who obediently share it. And his word will bring fruit in any of your area of your life. He, he, he tells you to pray and to ask for what you need. That's his promise. He, he, he tells you to give. You know, God's thought on giving is, is to actually test him and see if he does not throw back even more blessing in your life. Your own low thought is, I won't have enough to pay my bills. My bills to companies that won't be here in a few years. That's your low thought. And you dis Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides, whose thoughts will you obey? The companies, your fears, or his way to give. When we give, we make room for more. When we hoard up resources for ourselves, we limit what we can receive. Beloved, his word will be successful. It will not return void. He sends it out to us to nourish us, to prosper us, to make us fruitful in our lives. Just as he sends rain to bless the earth. His word will always accomplish its purpose because his ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He has blessing for you in his ways. It says this, For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Friends, listen and obey his voice. Doing things his way will bring you great joy. God's way is a way of joy. In Luke 15, 10, it says, just so I tell you, there is joy. Actually, in one of the versions, it says, there's more joy before the angels of God when one sinner who repents. Over one sinner who repents. And, and, and whose joy are the angels observing? God's. He's the most joyful being in the universe. Heaven, his kingdom, and his work is not some stuffy, somber place. Friends, that is religion. Friends, his way is joy. His kingdom is described as feasting and raising a glass and like we did at Natasha's wedding and praising God and enjoying time with the people that we love. That is God's way. And we find joy when we make his ways our way. There is more joy than there is right in heaven because his way is sharing with us his joy. Friends, do you want to believe your low thoughts of despair and depression or obey God's thoughts of joy based on his promises? If your face is frowning right now, you're, you're not thinking his thoughts. Satan has deceived you to think about your six-foot thoughts or about being six-foot under. We make his thoughts our thoughts. Friends, it's like Disney. The world becomes technicolor, but even better than technicolor. The mountains are, are and the hills start singing all around you just like 
Julie Andrews singing and the hills are alive. But that's, even that movie is nothing compared to what God's joy can do to make your world come alive. And even better, the trees start laying down a beat. Right? Beloved, when you make your thoughts his thoughts and your ways his ways, it will change the way you look at everything. Jesus did not just come to improve us, just to improve your life. He came to make it new. It says this, instead of thorns shall come up the cypress. Instead of briar shall come up the myrtle. It shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. His way is of new creation. God wants to make all things new in your life when your ways become his ways and your thoughts become his thoughts. He will transform you. He will make you new. The possibilities for you are endless. We have no idea of the glory he wants to reveal in us. His thoughts of how he wants to bless us are higher than we can even abundantly think or imagine. His promise is to take the curse of our sin and the damage it has caused our lives like thorns and turn it into a beautiful cypress tree, evergreen with life, creating shade for others. No more cursed thorns. Even in death, because of his idea of resurrecting us like Jesus, Paul the apostle says, what is sown is perishable, but what is raised is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, and it is raised in power. Beloved, when we start thinking from his perspective, high perspective and doing things his way all fear goes away the worst enemy of mankind is death and for us it becomes gain according to his thoughts you may feel so cursed by your sin sin that it, it feels as if nothing positive will ever grow in your life by faith in his abundant mercy he will make you new a uh, a uh, a uh, 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 glorious beautiful, fragrant tree of life, a myrtle tree for all to enjoy, one that is an everlasting sign, one that will last forever, one that's an everlasting sign. You will be an everlasting sign to the universe of his glory. Today, friends, will you, you receive God's loving rebuke as true that you've been living dead, trusting in your own feelings, trusting in your own thoughts and signs to lead your life? This arrogance has led you into wickedness and, and unrighteousness. Turn today and make his thoughts your thoughts and his ways your ways. Believe on his plan for your redemption through Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Obey the Trinity's eternal thought to love you because they love you through the gospel. God's way is, and his way of love is sure. That's what the verse said. It's sure. It, it offers abundant pardon instead of punishment. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but, but have everlasting life. Today, beloved, believe in the son and let him set you free to live a higher way forever 
God's thoughts are on you today. He is thinking of you. Think of him. Come to him while he can be found. Today he is near. Call on him because he is near. Be forgiven. Be given eternal life. His love for you is 46 billion light years more than what you can imagine right now. Come to him and live. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your words written through Isaiah by the Holy Spirit. I thank you that your word is always true. I thank you that your thoughts are so high for us, that your love is so great for us. Father, if there's anybody here that's been thinking low, thinking about their sin, or pretending it doesn't exist, Father, let them turn today from those arrogant thoughts and return to you, for you will abundantly pardon them. Let them do that for the first time today. It's simple. It's as simple as just admitting the, the truth of your high thought that we're all sinners apart from your grace and that we need to follow your way that is through your Son to be made new. Let them repent of their sin today and follow your ways. Let their thoughts be your thoughts. Let them think about how deep and how wide your love for them is all day today. Holy Spirit, come right now. Convict hearts of their sin. Convict hearts of your goodness. And, and convict hearts that judgment is real and that it's coming. And now is the time. Now is the time that you are near. Now is the time to repent. And now is the time to come to you. Father, send your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.